way we consume and share news today. It is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media. And we're joined by Erica again. Morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> Are you good at giving like your friends nicknames or naming your pets? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but nice segue into our first story. Yeah, because some people are, I've got to say, like, pretty effortless when it comes to naming. And it just lines up so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And my my boyfriend is really good at that. My yeah. husband is really yeah. good, too. And it, it's really quick. Yes. Yeah. Um, the best nicknames. I'm, I'm hesitating <laughs> whether I should share this or not because we never adopted the Shiba Inu, but we wanted a dog, uh-huh. another dog, that yeah. is. And it, <laughs> because, you know, Shiba Inus, there's like the yellow kind and then there's like a black yeah, fur yeah, yeah. and then there's, oh, there's so like something cute. in between. Mm. And he wanted to name this mm-hmm. dog Raccoon. And I was like, why Raccoon? Uh-huh. And it's short for no raccoon. Oh, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So whether that's good or not, you be the judge. Let's jump into today's first story. Everland announcing twin panda naming contest. So anyone who is better than my husband. <laughs> I like it, though. It's all yours. Yeah. So uh, it started uh, yesterday. Mm. Everland uh, has invited citizens to name the twin baby pandas that were born exactly 48 days ago on July 7th. They are, of course, superstar Fubao's <laughs> younger sisters. Um, the contest is going to be held both online and offline, and there are apparently four phases to this contest. Okay, so knowing that there's going to be probably a lot of participation given Fubao's popularity, um, four phases, eh? Yes, that's right. So, um, while well, Everland has uh, officially extended an invitation to the public to propose names for these twin pandas on uh, its official YouTube and Instagram accounts, as well as the Naver Zootopia online community. Um, entries can be submitted by leaving, you know, people can leave a comment basically on the mm. designated name contest post within each platform. Uh, participants uh, they, they they can't just give the name. They have to also provide the meanings behind the proposed <laughs> names because okay. that's important. Uh, a panel of Everland employees, including animal, the zookeepers, will select 10 pairs of names. Um, and then the selection uh, criteria will take into account the significance of the name, the pronunciation. Of course, it has to be easy for everybody to oh, pronounce, right? Like football. Yeah, and uh, the originality of the proposed names. Now, on Online voting will be hosted on Everland's official website to narrow down the list of name pairs to a final four. And the final name is going to be selected through online and offline voting. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how long of a time frame do we have? When will the names be announced? Yes, the the final names will be announced uh, sometime in mid-October because mid-October marks 100 days since the twins' birth. So, the, yeah. In case some of our foreign listeners had no idea what that signifies in Korea, at least. Hegel is really important. It's really important. Perhaps, arguably, more celebrated in massive scale than our first birthday. Yeah. Both. They go hand in hand. I mean, this has a tradition. It goes all the way back because, you know, back in the days, you know, infant mortality rate was so high. So, mm-hmm. you know, when a baby survived its first 100 days, it mm. was a moment to celebrate. And that meant that they had a bigger fighting yep. chance as living out their days. 
Aries. All right. So the twin pandas are both female. Yeah. That's your guy to start naming. <laughs> That's right. Um, at the time of their birth, I mean, they were tiny. They weighed, what, 180 grams <laughs> and 140 grams, respectively. They were pink. They didn't even look like panda bears. No, they really didn't. And no. I know we talked about the story and I know the <laughs> designated reaction was awe, but it was just too pink. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Now, it's been 48 days. Their weight has surged to around 2 kilograms, <laughs> exceeding their birth weight by, well, tenfold. <laughs> now, uh, recent reports from Everland uh, says that the twins are now exhibiting early signs of sort of recognizing their surroundings, so displaying some independent movement, although limited they're rolling about basically <laughs> independently yeah. rolling why not go where your heart pleases okay so the photos of the twins have been widely shared in recent weeks on of course the news the media it's all over social media honestly um we all know who uh mr kang choron is he's affectionately known by south koreans as fubao uh haraboji yeah Yeah, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, also shared his insights on the twins' uh, personalities. So the old, the older sibling apparently is super energetic and playful, oh. like her dad. Hmm. And in contrast, the younger twin um, is more like her mother, Ibao. Has a more gentle and calm disposition. Okay, so now you have all the clues. The twin pandas are both a female. They're two kilograms each. They really, really shot up. Yeah. Um, and they have contrasting personalities. That's right. Now. One is super energetic, the yeah. other a little bit more quiet. So take that into consideration when you participate in this uh, naming contest. Because I saw the propositions through many of these articles, uh -huh. and I understand people are just poking fun. There's just a lot of food names. <laughs> I don't care much for that. Oh boy, why am I not surprised? <laughs> no one is I named my dog Bagel. Hmm. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Thoughts? Okay. All right, let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Of course, with the lifted uh, travel ban, actually exceeded six years for mm. China. Chinese tourists are arriving in the country in droves. And of course, the big question is, do they like it? And what are they doing? Yes, yeah, so South Korea and China, they're, they're celebrating 31 years of diplomatic ties. And uh, 31 uh, Chinese tourists arrived at Incheon International Airport yesterday. This whole tour was uh, organized by the Korea Tourism oh. Organization. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's why 31, 31 years of diplomatic ties. And gotcha. these tourists will be staying in Korea over the course of uh, four days. And they'll be doing, well, what is expected? Visiting all the palaces, of course, trying all the delicious Korean foods, uh, wearing hanbok as they mm -hmm. walk about mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's been, what, uh, almost two weeks since the news that there will be a large scale return mm. of Chinese travelers to Korea mm. after China said it's lifting mm. its ban on group tours to South Korea. It's been more than six years since China, uh, you know, placed the, the economic sanctions. And I think for the tourism sector, the news could not have come at a better time as it's still trying to recover from the severe losses it suffered from the sanctions as well as the COVID-19 pandemic. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And of course, I think there are tourist hotspots in Seoul, but namely places like Jeju Island that yep. depended so much on tourists coming in, local and foreign. That's right. So according to the Jeju Special Self-Governing Province, as soon as the travel ban was lifted, uh, they were bombarded with requests. <laughs> you know, they were asking about cruise ships departing from Shanghai to dock at the southern uh, resort island of Jeju-do. 53 such requests were made just last week mm. uh, with the first ships arriving um, on August 18th. Okay, so for the tourism sector, a much needed yeah. sort of comeback. 
uh, the thing is, I remember talking to you about Myeongdong just being empty That's right, right. during the worst of the pandemic. And it's not just one region. It's not just one city, right? And there's many cities that rely on tourists, particularly from China. Mm. They've always played a significant role in Korean tourism. And on Jeju Island specifically, where cruise ships served That's as right. a main avenue for Chinese visits. That's right. So um, back in 2016, already seven years ago, uh, Jeju-do marked a record high in cruise tourism with uh, 1.2 million yearly visitors, mostly Chinese nationals, who accounted for 85% of the 3.6 million total foreign visitors to the mm. island. So just imagine the impact of the sanctions as well as the COVID-19. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's been some pretty tough years uh, for Tejido Island. Um, anyways, tourists uh, who have been arriving, they've been exploring all the major attractions of South Korea, all the way from Jeju to Pajuheiri Village, uh, Myeongdong, of course, and Central Seoul, uh, visits to Cheongwade, mm. Tongin Shijang, Tongin Market, the palaces, and the Yongin Folk Museum mm. have been bustling with visitors as well. Now, many of them said that they were received with the utmost welcome mm. from the moment they landed at Incheon International Airport. Um, high on their agenda include Korean food, mm. K-cosmetics shopping, mm -hmm. coffee shop visits. <laughs> when has South Korea become famous <laughs> for its coffee? Uh, traditional <laughs> culture, of course. Uh, Hanbok rental shops have also seen a surge in the number of customers this past week. As a sworn coffee enthusiast in the last <laughs> decade, it has become sort of a main spot for yeah. coffee. There's this whole concept of third wave of artisanal coffees, and we have so Espresso much. Espresso bars popping up. Everywhere. Espresso bars yeah. and the local Italians. There are Korean Italians, yep. and they swear that it's just as good as the original yes. thing. <laughs> I'll take their word. Yep. <laughs> On to our final buzzword of the day. So here's a special story: a cleaner working at Sungmyung Women's University apparently donated more than half of his severance pay that's right to the university yeah so this uh, worker has been uh, you know cleaning at Sungmyung Women's University in Seoul for the last six years and uh, you know the, the retirement funds, the severance pay, it's, it's not a whole lot. I'd imagine it to be um, not It's quite so much. modest. Okay. But he still chose to donate half of it. Uh, it totals, what, 5 million won mm. uh, to the university's scholarship fund. Okay, the fact that he decided to donate to a scholarship mm. fund, he clearly cares about the quality of the education. Yeah. Who has access to That's it? That's right. So who will actually be benefiting from that donation? Yes, yeah, so um, the donation is intended to benefit the children of workers employed by the external service company at the university uh, as well as uh, these two students uh, uh, facing you know some challenging circumstances all right um, I, I do wonder what inspired this man to make the donation because you know if, by some measurable standard he could have taken that five million one just put it towards his yep. retirement right? that's right so um, he explained that he was inspired to make the donation um, because of the memories that he made with the students on campus. <laughs> and those uh, were good. Yeah, he described that, uh, you know, these students are really sweet to him. They greeted him really warmly, gave him gifts on special days, like uh. national holidays, things like that. And uh, yeah, he received kindness from the students. He just wanted to return it. And also, he wanted to create a positive impact and contribute, it, contribute to the education mm. of these, uh, you know, students 
and for their future. He says he also experienced difficulties growing up, oh. and uh, he never had the opportunity to go to college. Um, so his hope is that the recipients of the scholarship will grow to become successful and socially responsible citizens of the world. Yerk, I wish we could make like a sub-segment in Social Media Minute and just call it Good News Daily, because yep. I, I keep telling you, because of our news cycle, we're prone to all the sensational, and we need to cover those too. Yeah, It is a news yeah. show after but, uh, all. But unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the news that we see on a daily basis. It's disheartening. It's very disheartening. All right. Reinstilling hope. And the idea is one good deed goes a really long yeah. way. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. Pleasure as always. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.